This is a special feature produced for download. Due to copyright restrictions with music, we've edited it to make downloading the content possible. You can hear Paul Van Leeshout's full program by tuning in every week to RTRFM. Welcome to the second edition of In Conversation, a podcast of interesting conversations with interesting people. My name's Paul Van Leeshout. Today, my guest is a well-known comedian and personality, a household name, Paul McDermott is an Australian artist, musician, broadcaster and all-round creative. Paul was born in Adelaide, grew up in Canberra, but his career has taken him around the world. Most notably, he's known for his stand-up and his role in the Doug Anthony All-Stars, a musical comedy group in the 80s and 90s. He's published more than a few books, directed and created films and had a vast career in television. This edition we'll simply call The Funny Man. Hello. Funny man. I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's gold. Funny man. It's very original, isn't it? Well, no, it comes from, I think it comes from uh, one of the all-star shows back in the, you weren't even born then, I think. No, but, uh, well, I, w- I was, but I was like two years old. Oh, right. Well, yeah. <laughs> we can't remember the, the wonder and the glory of uh, Das uh, Capital, but uh, certainly uh, Funny Man was an oft-repeated line in that, uh, in that particular show. Declamatory sort of self-deprecating attack. <laughs> <laughs> on myself, uh, <laughs> it came. It came about because you know drunkards at parties would be going, "Funny man, funny man, you're funny man." That sort of, you know. Oh well, you got painful. me in stitches. That's good. Fantastic. Nice way to start the interview this yeah. morning. You're a man of many talents: a painter, visual artist, musician, uh, a man of hilarity, filmmaker, TV presenter, a radio presenter. But what what do you consider yourself? An artist. An artist. An artist, yeah. Creative. Bottom line, an artist. <laughs> I just make stuff. That's all I do. Didn't want to make an impact on the world that was too savage. Didn't want to go mining and digging up earth. Just oh. wanted to do whatever was in my head, spit it out in whatever form it took. So that's all I've been doing, really. And now, There's no money in it, young people. Let me tell you that. Well, yeah, you Better should've... to get... Get it on the gravy train with the mining. <laughs> Dig up the earth and sell it to someone else. That's the way to do it if you want money. And then buy it back at ridiculous amounts oh, of money. Isn't mm. it stupid? What, what a hideous cycle we find ourselves on. Indeed, indeed we do. Yeah, but uh, certainly we're going to kick it off tonight. And uh, we have some brilliant people on tonight uh, with myself. I mean, you get me thrown in there. I'm just sort of emceeing. God knows what I'm going to be talking about. Probably NRL stars humping dogs. I think that's, <laughs> that's sort of captured my attention. Poor Maltese. Terrier. A Maltese terrier. Oh, what an imbecile. Just when you thought the whole Todd Carney thing was going to slip away, everyone would forget what a bunch of idiots these fellas were. Fella, on Australia Day, who hasn't done it? Grabbed a Maltese terrier and just humped it. On Australia, it's Australian. People are getting upset about it. I can't believe it. Ridiculous. Uh, Mr. Pissed Day's- himself, weed on the couch used to be about lamb chops, now it's about something different, oh, isn't it? Lamb chops and vegans getting upset about that ad as well. <laughs> that was crazy, wasn't it? Poor Lillian. Saying, saying it was anti-vegan to have yeah. lamb chops. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, we rode on the sheep's back. That's the famous uh, adage about Australia. We rode on the sheep's back and then on Australia Day, we, we sacrifice it on the barbecue to fatten our bellies. Poor bloody sheep. Anyway, better to be a sheep in Australia than a Maltese terrier. Yeah, apparently so. At this point in time. <laughs> Life could be worse. Well, you know, I was thinking it's the, it could just be down to the type of dog. You know, if it was a... Yeah, I don't Rhodesian know the, Ridgeback. Well, exactly. If the, if the, um, I don't know if the people in uh, Malta have responded in any way, <laughs> shape or form to the, uh, 
to the humiliation of their of their um, sacred animal. I do believe we've got their supreme leader on the other line. <laughs> we should talk to him then. But uh, I was thinking, if it was a you know if it was an old British bulldog, it could have been a pertinent statement about colonialism, mm-hmm. couldn't it? I mean, you could have seen it in that light. If it was a corgi, it could have been an anti-monarchist sort of <laughs> republican sort of. It could have been a lot of things. But Maltese terrier sort of stuck there. Yeah. But the dog was walking around with nothing on. T's being part of its title. <laughs> <laughs> Swishing its little ass. What's an NRL player meant to do? I'm going to grab it and hump it. Is this okay for your listeners? It's a this Christian. Is, is this Christian radio? I can't no, remember. No, Hillsong? No, no, Are you not. Hillsong? Okay. <laughs> Australian Christian Lobby FM. <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> I'd like to talk uh, about a plethora of different things. I'm aware we've only yes. got 20 minutes left. You're a man, uh, as I said, of many, many talents, talents, but you, you didn't actually start out as a comedian, a TV presenter, or, or in that field, really. You started at ANU no. and... Uh, no? No. Oh, I got that wrong, didn't no, I? No, no. Uh, I went to the... School of Art, yeah. Canberra School of Art. Canberra School of Art. It's Great. now been absorbed into the uh, Australian National University, but at the time... Great. It was an autonomous uh, organisation, which meant it had its own independence. Sadly, now it's been sort of uh, through the process of osmosis <laughs> and because of budget cuts, it's just been swallowed by the gargantuan Australian National University, which means that it, I don't think it's as, um, it's as liberal a place as it perhaps used to be. It was, pretty, uh, it was a pretty uh, wild place uh, when I was there. Um, but now it seems the, the courses are far more structured to, mm. to finding people a job, uh, to getting a job once you leave. And I don't know about you, but art school. Uh, you don't go to art school you, to get a job. You don't go to art school to get a job. You go to art school to just experience life. <laughs> and uh, and uh, if you're lucky, that will happen in spades. But um, but now it seems the courses are more designed to how to live, mm. uh, you know, uh, on baked beans for five <laughs> years because you're not, you're not making any money and no one cares about your vision. Survival training for the apocalypse. Yeah, that's, uh. that's it, you know. Uh, you had the intention, or well, you are now, but of of pursuing a visual art career, if I'm right. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I don't know, I, I don't know what a visual art career really is, but yeah. certainly, certainly to um to continue uh, making stuff. Mm. But then, of course, the the all stars came along in my in my last year at art school, and uh, I don't know if there are any painters or or creatives out there, but uh, essentially, you can work in a vacuum. Um, on your own ideas, uh, like animators uh, trapped in a little room just making stuff and then you put it on a wall or you take it out and show people and they can just be quite dismissive of it. Whereas with uh, with performance and the performance arts, you can grab people by the throat and, and, and say puerile, insane, flippant things mm. that just come off the top of your head and uh, and people will love you and throw money at you. So, yeah. and also you get such a... Well, we're seeing that in the political uh, campaign in the US, <laughs> you know. Oh, we're talking <laughs> Trumpy now, are we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, walk down the street, shoot someone, and I'll get away with it. Yeah, he's a god. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if only we had a leader like that. You know, people uh, used to say when uh, Reagan was campaigning mm. to become uh, the president of the world that there was no way, there was no way in the world it would ever happen. All the all the political pundits of the day, all the papers uh, basically said the same thing. It's ridiculous. He's, a, he's an actor, even though he's been the governor of California. He's not going to be able to, you know, pull this one off. And, of course, he strode in there. And now people refer to Reaganomics as one of the most uh, extraordinary periods of American, uh, um, you know, political growth uh, and econ- economic growth. And he, he brought down the uh, uh, the Iron Curtain and all this sort of rubbish. So he's, uh, yeah... I wouldn't rule Trump out. I'm no, not, uh, you know. Right. The, well, look, I mean, and many I'll, of my friends were wandering around 
amazed when Tony Abbott became Prime Minister. And, uh, I'm still amazed. Yes, I'm, I'm still I. amazed that he's going to back to contest his seat. Yeah, but I, of don't, course. <laughs> I don't think we'll think of him in the same light as we did Reagan. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> No, that's a... Oh, man, let it go. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we, so, we could be so Reagan got in. I would be. Program. I Welcome would not be surprised. Sorry. Sorry, I would not be surprised if Trump uh, actually makes a run for it. Mm. And the and here we're relying on the absolute idiocy. And I know this is going to sound a bit sort of xenophobic and racist of the American people, um, <laughs> but they've done it before, and I fear they may do it again. Uh, <laughs> bringing this interview back to, to, to where I was Oh, Frio Royale. Um, free. <laughs> That's a corker. Well, if you haven't got well, your tickets, about, get your tickets yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> www.frioroyale.com. Uh, you're, you're a little bit older than me. You're a silver fox now. No, parts of me are pretty young. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I bet. Uh, goes with the name of Paul, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, you're perhaps, <laughs> a little, perhaps people a bit older than me would, uh, would know you if you're rolling the Doug Anthony... All Stars. It's been uh, what thirty years now since we broke up, or mm. well, almost since well, it was happening. Really. I don't know what year was that? Uh, Ninety something, ninety-two. I think was the last sort of performances we did. We started off in the in eighty something. God, the drugs were good in the time. Anyway, so, <laughs> the brain's gone, but yeah, yeah. certainly, uh, yeah, it's been a long, it's been a long, uh, it's been a long road that one. Mm. And uh, yeah, recently, re- you know, got back together. With Mr. Ferguson, the great Tim Ferguson. Um, that was last year, wasn't it? Yeah, about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, in a wheelchair, we did. The ABC was going to release an old show we did called Das Capital, and they said, if, uh, with the release, could we get on stage again and um, and basically do a promotion? So we did that at the Melbourne uh, Town Hall, and it was myself and Tim and uh, Richard Feidler, the guitarist mm. uh, at the time, um, and our good friend Paul Livingston, who of course was integral to that show, and. Uh, it was just uh, there was such an outpouring of love, which we'd never really experienced before from the audience, that we thought we'd um, we'd do a few more shows. And Tim was basically the herald of that. He really wanted to to uh, to perform and uh, and get back on the road and um, and do new material. And it's hard to it's hard to say no to a fella in a wheelchair. <laughs> oh, that's cruel. <laughs> you're, lis- you're listening to RTRFM 92.1. It's a quarter to 12. My guest this morning is Paul McDermott. You can probably recognise that from his voice. Good day, people. Really? <laughs> uh, I read in an article that uh, your toughest gig in the All-Stars was at a mining settlement. And oh, I just... Telfer. Yeah, I just, I'd just just like to hear you, you talk about this for a minute. Share this with oh, our listeners. It, I don't know if it was the toughest gig. It was one of the more extraordinarily bizarre gigs. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it, we, we flew, flew three hours over the Great Sandy to get to Telfer, which is a mining town, about 1,000 people in that mining town, about, uh, I think, 7% uh, female occupation. Otherwise, it's a, it's a pretty male... So it's like the NRL. If there were dogs around there or dingoes, I'd be scared. Uh, and <laughs> when we arrived, the, um, we got to- we were in this big shed, which is their performance shed. Every, anyone that came in there, that's where they'd perform. And it sat about 1,000 people, and we were up the, trying to get the sound right. We couldn't get the sound right. And so we said to the sound guy, look, what's going on with this tin shed in the middle of the desert? Why can't we get the sound right in here? And he went, oh, the fellow that normally does the sound has gone to Paris. Yeah. First holiday for, for 25 years, mate. Yeah, like, right. All right. So who does the sound? They go, oh, I'm, I'm just doing it. And then we're going, it doesn't. It's not working. You know, it's just, it's echoing and you can't hear anything. He's going, I'm, I'm doing my best. So we think we're in this place without a sound guy. Anyway, when everyone comes in that night and I don't know if you've been to mining towns, but they really relish the idea that 
that someone's come to visit them. Mm. You know, someone's come all that way to perform for them. And uh, they were very excited. And we could see through this one-way mirror at the back of the stage, we could see people coming in and they were they, they were giant tree trunks of human beings and they'd all have uh, <laughs> a Bundaberg rum in one hand and a bag of ice in the other and they'd sit down in their in their shorts and they would put the... Uh, <laughs> The Bundy rum and the ice bag on their on their balls to keep them cool, cool. like the the Bundy rum and the balls cool, yeah. and that's how they all sat there with their legs apart. and uh, And this was a room of a thousand tree stump fellas. Uh, and for the first uh, four songs, they just went crazy, wild with excitement at seeing us. Um, and uh, and you couldn't you couldn't hear us, so it didn't really matter that the sound was terrible. Mm. But after about four or five songs, I think they started to click on to the fact that they couldn't understand a word we were saying. It was just like <laughs> because the sound was so bad. And then they started getting sort of a bit antsy and angry. In the end, we made it into a like a karaoke night. So we, we got people up on stage from the various crews because they're mm. all in different mining crews, and they, we'd get them up and we'd sing songs with them. And this seemed to uh, at least uh, placate them in the short term. <laughs> what we didn't know was that um, there was another mining crew that had an altercation with one, one of the other mining crews and they used this night as a way of getting back at them. So as these other mining crews were leaving drunk, this group of um, fellas a- attacked some of the people leaving and just beat the shit out of them. Great. And this started a fight uh, all over Telfer. Um that we were unaware of that was happening at night. Um, and I don't know if you know, but this is about mining towns, but because there's no cops there, you can't, you can't throw a punch. Anyone throws mm. a punch, anyone gets punched, it's, you, you're just dismissed. You're off, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. you're off the reservation. So uh, we had a pretty weird night. We got back to the little place we were staying at. Uh, lock the door. Lock the door. Well, yeah, lock the door anyway. But, um, yeah, it wasn't until uh, 6 o'clock we were meant to be leaving. Um, at about 6 o'clock our plane was uh, coming in uh, to take us out of there, a little uh, you know, twin-engine Cessna. And we get there. We get there. The guy comes in, and he, uh, the organizer of the of the event, and he's just got these uh, grazers all over his knuckles, and uh, you know his his head's like uh, purple in places. Yeah, right. And he goes, uh, "How'd you sleep, fellas?" And we went, <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. We slept all right. And he went, "Yeah, no one, no one bothered you. No one come around. No one come around to the to your place." And we went, oh, "We're not aware of it." And he said, "All right, just we had a bit of a brawl here last night, and uh, yeah, the plane's not here. We had to take it." We're going to fly to Marble Bar, get the cops from there, and going to bring the cops back. And it's like, what? What, what are you talking about? The plane's not there. He said, Oh, we've got these. Uh, yeah, just had a bit of trouble, so we're going to get the cops with your plane. So we've got we've got about um, you know four hours to kill till the plane gets back. And I'm like, oh, all right. He said, oh, There's one other thing. No one's caught those crews yet. They're still they're still beating the shit out of people. And oh. so so then we were we were stuck in. Telfer driving around trying to avoid people that might leap out of the shadows at us to try yeah, and yeah. throttle us. So it was, yeah, it was a pretty, uh, it was a pretty awesome, <laughs> pretty awesome event. Character building. Yeah, yeah. And mm. then all the people that were, had organised it for us and were, were friends of ours, uh, they got the sack because of it. It was, uh, it was pretty, mm. it was pretty, yeah, it was a pretty savage uh, night. Yeah, frightening. Well, you've uh, certainly seen and been a big part of different forms of media and music and all sorts of things. Good news, week, room 101, the big gig amongst many millions of other different things. Mm. You're a busy person. You slip onto our TV screens often enough. 
Are you planning on working in TV anytime soon? Oh, no, television's weird. I don't know if you find this, but television's weird at the moment. I've never worked in television. <laughs> no, I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't mean working in it, but oh, working in it, but just the content yeah. is gone. I mean, we've got these multi-channels. When's, when is that Channel 7 coming soon station actually going to come? Yeah, well, you know, yeah. How long has that been up there coming soon? Why does the ABC have like five stations now? Yeah. Why does Channel 10, 11 and 1 play Grant... Denya, <laughs> wall-to-wall Grant Denya in, in whatever show that is at six o'clock or whatever. Like, there's, there's, what is the point of having multi-channels if you're just showing the shame program on, um, on three channels? Yeah. There's no, there's, is that a point? There's yeah. no point. And, and now all the boundaries between the shows are dissolving as well. So, so uh, you know, Attenborough has shows, they used to be on the ABC. That's where you'd see Attenborough yeah. talking about insects or talking about waves or dolphins or mammals or, some, <laughs> or plants, the life of plants. But now it'll be on nine or seven or something. They've all got the, they've yeah. all started just, Becoming an homogenous amalgam of of, of shit. Uh, so yeah, hard to yeah. I don't know if I'll be heading back into that uh, into that world. Um, so so yeah, it's it's. Uh, yeah. You start your own TV station. A hundred TV stations and nothing worth watching. Yeah, so. beautiful. So yeah, don't know, don't know. Well, your career has seen you you travel everywhere in Australia and overseas too. You were born in Adelaide. Are you still there? No, no, no. Left, left Adelaide at the age of three. Oh, okay, yeah. great. Well, Travelled by caravan to Canberra. That's <laughs> right. <it. Yeah>. Do <laughs> you live in Canberra now? No, no. no where where God, are no. you now? I'm in I'm in Sydney now. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Good beaches in Sydney. Yeah, they're all right. Yeah, nothing the sickness, like Western Australia. sickness after a, after a shower. You know, after a mm. after we have a a downpouring of rain, especially around Bondi, the water gets so churned up and there's so much uh, filth in it that if you go in after a <laughs> After one of the monsoonal sort of rains we've had in Sydney lately, you instantly fall sick the next for the next uh, few days because it's just so much crap in the water. Yeah, mm. right. But you have be- beautiful beaches here. If you don't mind being taken by a shark occasionally, <laughs> though that's happening everywhere now. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. well, all you know, up and down the eastern coast as well. There, yeah, just fish the waters too much. I don't you know? think the yeah, I don't mm. think the is it the climate. Is it the overfishing? I think it might be the overfishing. You know, they're oh. starving. It's not just the <laughs> Who knows? the coming of the uh, <laughs> the rapture. Maybe <laughs> people are just being taken by sharks the before the lips uh, of sharks. Yeah, it's yeah. coming. Uh, well, it got so bad that the state government decided to go and kill them all for a while. There, that I couldn't. A... I couldn't actually believe that. It's no, not like it's a, you no. know, it's not like the, the sharks thinking. Mm. Perhaps it was another Tony Abbott. This will teach him a lesson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, these days, you're more, more focused on uh, on. Painting is that right? Still... Oh, not, I'm really not focused on anything. No, hopefully. Okay. No, oh, you're I, doing some painting. I do a little bit of nice painting. Thing. Yeah, I do painting. I do um, working on uh, you know other bits and pieces, little film clips and short films and other oh. things that take a little bit of time. You know, but, uh, but uh, as well as that, I do this. You know, all star shenanigans and hosting sh- hosting uh, stuff. Stuff. <laughs> stuff. Yes, I, stuff. I almost said shit. I can't believe yeah. I said that. Oh, oh my uh, gosh! Like the Frio Royale <laughs> tonight. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, just focusing, focusing, unfocused, focusing. Um, yeah, I don't think it's really focusing, but just doing other bits and pieces. So yeah, oh, that's the way to spend your life, yeah. isn't it? Really. Got a little uh, got a little exhibition coming up in Melbourne with some art school friends, which will be fun. Um, you know, people that I, I really love their work, so it'll be it'll be good to be doing that. Mid-year and then back to Edinburgh, I think, with the All-Stars for the first time in about 100 years, since 92, yeah, so what's that? 24 25, years. 24 yeah. years, yeah. Uh, 
you mentioned like animations and that sort of stuff mm. a moment ago, and it's very funny you said that because I went and lo- I, I looked at your website uh, oh, yeah. earlier today, and uh, I found one on your website, uh, the Intelligent Design Series. Oh yeah, and the God's Glue animation is hilarious. It had me in Thank stitches. You. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell us about a little bit of the the work that you do apart from, <clears throat> well, in visual arts and. And that sort of side project of yours. Well, I, I did a I did a little film um, a few years ago called the the Scree. It did it did quite well, sort of globally. And um, uh, and then I, I followed that up with another short film called The Girl Who Swallowed Bees, uh, and uh, that did quite well as well, and got the some award here, uh, <laughs> some, <laughs> some awards, award, some yeah. awards, in, got in too America many of them on my shelves. Journey, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, so I loved I loved doing that. I loved the process of it. The um, the intelligent design series was a bit of stab at the time at the uh, at the Christian lobbyists who were, were talking about intelligent design, and we had the opportunity to do it on a show called the the Sideshow, uh, which I was sort of hosting and performing in, and a great show on the ABC. Sad to sad to lose that one. I thought that was a real groundbreaking show. Mm. Um, and each week, myself and uh, a fellow I work with, Tony Mellow, who's an animator, we we would get together and we'd. Uh, We'd have a week to make, uh, you know, a minute and a half or three minutes of animation. So uh, we'd just sit down there and be working on those things while uh, I was meant to be learning songs and then hosting. <laughs> and, but uh, all, all incredibly enjoyable. And that, uh, so that series came out of that. It was a real, uh, it was a real sort of melting pot and um, uh, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of not pressure, but you know, a, a lot of um, energy to try mm. and pump out those things every week and I was doing the voiceovers for them and drawing the characters and, and writing the you know the storylines and so on and putting them together with Tony so it, it took a while and then after that you'd have to you'd have to leave that little dark room and then go on there and do the nana you know the do the performer mm. uh, thing which are, which are they're diametrically opposed worlds in many ways because the the the, the world that I inhabit most of the time is a very sort of insular quiet uh, reflective world, mm. whereas the performances that I do are quite loud and brash and offensive and um, puerile, and so uh, there's a there's a real clash, uh, uh, almost a, a not quite schizophrenia, but a turning different. a switch on, really, isn't it? Well, yeah, when it's good, it's turning a switch on. Otherwise, yeah. it just muddies in between. But <laughs> but the the thing I found attractive about performance was that it you you got this immediate sort of kick off it like a really a wonderful adrenaline run but uh but there's no substance to it whatsoever so with the with the other creative things of either writing or um uh you know uh, animations or uh any longer forms that's it's it's uh it's far more enjoyable mm. sort of process uh but that not as uh not as instantly i think recognizable you don't get that immediate kick off it so i uh, got some new stuff about isis Oh, great. Yeah, making lots of jokes about yeah, ISIS. Yeah. That's really nice. And uh, well, it's it fun is to what dream with the ISIS. <laughs> it's fun to dream with the you know, real. And, and I like reckon there'll be some dog it. humping going on. <laughs> Why not? I think, yeah. You know, get out the fur. There are a lot of dog parks down there, and even dog beaches. You know, you can hump on the beach, you can hump on the. On hump the parks, anywhere. Hump, hump anywhere. anywhere. Yeah. I love it. Paul McDermott, thanks so much for coming in and uh, and spending some time with us here. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure, Paul. Nice to speak to you.